Well, there he is. Well, it's about that time. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Focused. I am your host, Artie Delgado, cinematographer and Steadicant operator. And uh, man, we just want to say thank you guys for everybody who's been watching and continuously listening to our show. We have gotten such great feedback and uh, we hope that it's been helpful on sets, whether it's with your gear, packing gear, or uh, just learning new things every day. That is our goal. So we are just super thankful that you guys are listening. And uh, this is a team joint effort. This is uh, the Brink team. So today we have a full team that is here uh, putting this whole project together. This is not done just by just me, myself. So today we have Jordan Keith on our uh, audio and visual. We have uh, Chris Johnson. We have Eric in the place. And we also have Nicole Schaefer in the house today. And that's the Brink team. So thank you guys for being here, uh, people that you guys don't see. But it is a joint team, and that's what makes uh, this thing beautiful. So um, today, we've got, there's been so many things I want to catch you up on. We've had a premiere uh, for Dainisi that we did, which was very exciting. That takes me back because I've been a fan of Dainisi for years. And uh, we're going to do another episode on that, and we're going to bring John Jacobs to actually talk about that, about why that came to be and the success of that project. So that was a big thing that we had. We had NAB that happened as well. Um, and that's an exciting thing for any kind of filmmaker, photographer, uh, anybody in the, it's a very good networking opportunity. And so we got a chance to do that as well. And so we've been very, very busy. And today uh, we have a very special episode because we have a friend of ours that is uh, built off a relationship that I've had for a number of years and has been really, for me, has been a value into learning the game. And so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Anderson, thank you for being here, my friend. Dude, it's a pleasure. Thanks Yo, for it's having been me. Long yeah. time coming. It has been a long time. Welcome coming. to LA. Thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's been it's been years. It has been years. I yes. love that kind of relationship. I think I've seen a lot of those relationships bloom off of an Instagram, especially um, some LinkedIn and things like that. But it's always fun to see a relationship kind of come to fruition where we actually get to see each other in person, which I think is so important. And we teach this a lot about intentional relationship. And uh, I think that's huge. And these are the benefits that come years later. Yeah. You and I talked about that earlier and saying that sometimes you do, you meet a meeting, two years later, you have a job. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. um, this is just a prime example of that. So for um, a lot of our people that may not know, we are big fans of you. We love a lot of your work. You are a sports photographer and kind of give me a little guidance about a little bit more about what you do. Yeah. So I'm primarily a sports and portrait photographer. Um, I also specialize in what's called compositing, where I take a bunch of images and put them all together to make one image. Um, my background in general was in retouching, and so that kind of is what got me started, was this idea of taking a whole bunch of images and creating one thing out of it, which I think happens more than a lot of people realize, is a lot of commercial photography these days is just a bunch of pictures put together to make the quote-unquote perfect image. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where I kind of got my background and my start and it sort of flows into everything that I do. But yeah, I mean, in general, I love working with people. So if there's a person in front of my camera, I'm pretty happy about it. Well, let me take you back. These are, let me show you to some of my favorite pieces. This is what, um, to me, caught my eye two years ago. Um, and as we look through these, maybe you can give me a little rundown and let our folks know, just kind of describe to me maybe what the job was or what, what inspired it. And maybe that came to be. So behind me, you can kind of see um, this was one of my favorite pieces. Now, I can't even give it justice because it doesn't fit on the TV screen. But you did have this person on a, on a speedboard, skateboard, basically. But describe this to me. Yeah, so this was an interesting one. This took, uh, it took a silver six months of prep to actually, like, get these shots. And I met with a girl named Candy Dungan, who is a downhill longboard racer. And I actually, it's an interesting story because the connection came from another photographer in Pennsylvania who I also met on Instagram, who since I've met in person. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, dude, this chick is amazing. You need to meet her. And so I reached out to her on Instagram and I started talking to her about this idea that I had that I really wanted to have lights on her while she was going full speed down a hill. And that was just like the goal that I had in mind. And originally I was going to have a motorcycle driver and like I had all these crazy ideas of how we were going to accomplish this. But uh, the conversation was awesome. And she said, actually, no, my boyfriend can probably just hold the light. Mm -hmm. I was like, while going down, I don't understand what you're saying. She's like, yeah, yeah. Hanging yeah, out the it's car not, or it's what? It's not going to be mean? a big deal. So she's like, no, he'll just skateboard next to me and it'll be fine. I was like, okay, well maybe like check with him and just make sure that's cool. And so it turns out her boyfriend is Aaron Hampshire, who's like one of the top like five downhill longboarding racers in the world. I mean, he's an incredible athlete. And when she brought it up, he's like, yeah, that's not a problem. We'll just, 
I'll hold it and whatever you need me to do, I'll do. And so literally you've got a guy with a light pack and a backpack and then I made a handle for him to hold and he just pointed at her while they were going down the hill and then I was hanging out of the back of a car in front of them and I mean, we were going probably like 35, 40. Yeah, it doesn't look like you're going through that. It was like way much faster. It was crazy. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it was that, those kind of visions are the things that just kind of keep me going where mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's a yes. Like, yeah, we can do this. Right. We're going to totally do it, and we're going to accomplish something that, I mean, I've never seen before. That doesn't mean it hasn't been done, but it was just like it was a really fun experience to have this whole team of people basically up at sunrise right speeding down a mountain now this is just one so let me go we have a few to go through so take a look at this another one Love but it. a lot of your composite you were talking about yeah um describe this project or what this was about yeah so this was actually for my church um would they do a magazine called launch magazine and i've done the cover for it twice now and i love the creative team at our church for just like the hugeness of the vision and so we kind of sit down beforehand usually six months or so in advance and say like what are we trying to accomplish so mm. i had a contact at the space foundation and uh, we had this idea to do a huge composite of three astronauts kind of coming over a hill and them coming on to colorado springs as like reaching out to their community and helping each other in the community Um, And then a piece of that, we wanted to show Colorado Springs like in the reflection of an astronaut helmet, which they happen to have like a full-blown suit at the Space Foundation. So this one is actually, there's no one in it or anything. It's just a stagnant piece. And I shot the city and did all this stuff and composited it all together to get this image for the inside cover. And like the one thing you can't see on this, which I'm I'm proud of because I'm a geek, but... Uh, the patches down below says launch and WVC yes. and I actually like turned their logo into stitching and like put it onto the patch. And I, and, like, b- bear with me and I apologize that these can't give justice because you guys have to understand the photos are a lot of uh, portrait size yeah, so it doesn't style. fit the yeah. size of a TV. So I apologize about that. But here's another one. Um, which is another oh yeah that's me <laughs> exactly yeah. so describe this to me how did this ha- how did this happen um so when i when when i was first starting and like especially practicing composites were my way of creating images that look like they had a ton of lights but don't and so this image is a ton of different images put together because i only had one light and so i light each part of the image and then put it all together in post production to make it look like you had four or five lights or whatever it is. Um, and when I do portraits of myself, I think my mother-in-law might have been there pushing the trigger for me. But uh, see, the, the people don't yeah. understand the concept sometimes when they see and they go, wow, there must have been a full crew there. And you're like, no, oh, I think my mother-in-law me. held a yeah. light there. And- Either that or I do timers. I do a lot of timers where I set the focus and then I just set the timer and I run back yeah. in and I will sit in front of the camera or whatever. A lot of people ask me that, like, how am I taking or what's photo credit for this? Like, I photo credits to me because yeah. I was, yeah. I had a timer. I, I told guys, I think that's actually Aaron. No, it's so, totally me. Yep, I figured it was you. Yeah, and then here's another one here. Um, this is one of my favorites actually. And I got to say, this is the one that caught my attention and mostly because of the BTS behind it. Um, you actually, this is underwater and uh, for an Olympian, but you actually were in a scuba diving gear and took the photo underwater. But as we talked, describe that whole thing about. Yeah. So, I mean, scuba diving is in my, is in my history as far as I used to be a scuba diving instructor, as I was telling you. And I love it. I mean, being underwater for me is like a peaceful place to be. And Elizabeth Marks, who is the Olympian, had just won a gold medal in the Olympics and came home and was like, I'd really like you to shoot some images for me to kind of showcase my medals and my accomplishments, which was a huge honor. I mean, we were stoked to do it. Um, And one of the things I love to do was just kind of throw out crazy ideas. And I was like, hey, what if we got this giant flag and like put you underwater and got some images of it? Um, And she was totally on board. So we went through all the planning and this this pool is actually at a place called underwater connection which i helped design the pool and the area that it's in because i used to manage the store and teach there um so it's got nice flat walls and it's deep i think it's 15 feet deep so we have a lot of room to wiggle and i have all my own scuba diving equipment and access to all the housings and things like that and this is what a career that you were looking at doing or just something that you did as a hobby, is this something that you were just getting into? I mean, this is before photography though, right? Before photography. Yeah. So it was my career before photography mm-hmm. as far as teaching. And it was just, it's an, it's a very interesting job. It's a lot of pressure. It's very like high stakes. I mean, for the most part, if you're handling like 15 students underwater and yep. 
lives are on the line. I mean, that sounds dramatic and it, it's kind of true, but it's pretty safe as far as things go, not to like deter people out there from uh, scuba diving, but it's a definitely a high pressure job. And I really enjoyed it just because being underwater, I think is a cool world. And for people to be able to experience it was always something I loved seeing like the first time people see it is really, really cool. But that sort of transitioned into the photography side of things as well, because having a camera underwater is, it's a different beast as well. It's really fun and it's giant. I mean, you've got housings and handles and flashes and all this crazy stuff. And so anytime I can integrate it, I do, but it's like, it's not as often as I would like to, but it's really fun. I loved how you put how your um, scuba diving career was kind of an intro to you actually working with teams because that was really, you had to be worried about his pressure, his air pressure, and this student going underwater. You had to worry about so many different things, and so doing it in photography that led into that. I love how you put that. I yeah. Mean, I think just the idea of being calm under pressure is huge in our industry, and scuba diving really set me up for that because when you're seeing a student sinking and you're seeing the students shooting to the surface, like you have a split second to make that decision and make it calmly and make sure that everyone's safe. And, uh, you know, in that case, like, you go after the floater, not the sinker, and then you send your assistant after the other. And that's the same kind of thing is if something something's on fire on set, it's like, hey, assistant, take care of that. Right. I'll take care of this. And I think it's just the ability to think through problems. And that's really what we are as creatives is problem solvers. So having that built in and saying like, okay, this is what needs my attention right now. And I can send someone else to take care of that problem is really, really important. And that's a skill that it's learned. I mean, it's not something I don't think yeah. any of us are just like, boom, we got it down. It's something you have to have trial by fire doing. So. I told I told all my guys that we as artists, we don't know how to say no. We don't know. How to, we don't know the word no. So as problem solvers, we look how to look for the yes. Yeah. So if this is no, you can't do that. We look at the OK, how do we make this happen? Yeah. Because we don't know the word no as artists. And so we're problem solvers on a regular basis. So these are these are great. And I know this next one here, though, is probably your favorite of all your photos, yes. I'm assuming. My this fam. is uh, this is Aaron's family, his uh, beautiful uh, wife and his three yes. kids. And they're one, three, and five. Does I say that right? Yep, yep. yep. And so they are home while he's in Los Angeles with us today. And so we Shout thank them. them. Shout out to yeah. them. Thank you for letting Huge. us take time uh, to have you. And I know that they are um, a big part of the reason why you do what you do and your drive. And so... Um, this is this is great to, to see that, and um, we know that a, a good solid artist is not one without the person behind him. So that's huge. Um, one thing I want to talk about today's show is really about agenda. We talked. This one's going to be called "Meeting Your Agenda." Uh, Aaron and I had a conversation earlier about just how is it that you are cha- like are going after your agenda at all times. I'm sure you have had to do that throughout your career. I've had to do that, and still do throughout my career. Yeah. This actually sparked up from one of my guys actually a few weeks ago from a conversation. And I got to say this story because this is where it kind of turned into. Um, He was about to change his career job. He was ready to change a job that he felt he was being unappreciated in. He was about to leave it saying they're not, they're not valuing me. He just felt like it was time to move on. And so um, he wanted to look for another job and he looked for one for a dollar raise. And so he was willing to take it. But uh, as we looked at the situation, comparing the two, if he took that other job, he was only going to get a dollar raise more and he was going to go to a full-time scheduled with a manager, have to be there every day, five days a week. And it changed his whole dynamic of his job. And uh, where he was currently, he had some flexibility. He's going to school. Um, Maybe he's not making as much, but that could be the agenda is ultimately is his job where he's at now could be more of a value if he stays. And so it put a trigger in his head and it flicked like a light switch. He says, I didn't even think of it that way. And I think that sometimes we all have to, as artists, look at ourselves like, what is our agenda on a daily basis? And when he looked at that situation, he looked at it, he, nothing changed. The one thing that changed was his view on things. And he says, you know what? Maybe I'm in a better position. I do have flexibility. I can go and come as I please. I'm not making that dollar raise, but I am going to school. I get to work when the film industry do side work. I could do all these things. And so that became of now the necessary value. And so... I have done that a number of times. I'm sure you've done that a number of times. And I think today's episode is really going to talk about that in general. Are you chasing your agenda? And how are you going about that? How are you valuing your agenda? Let's go back into your career a little bit, just as you started. Um, How did you find your agenda? Like, how did you maintain that agenda? Did you just keep taking photos and say, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Did you have a plan in place? Did you not 
you know, talk about that, that transition, what became, you know, into the next stages. How did you keep an agenda going in your world? I mean, I think the answer to that is always kind of yes and no, right? Like, do you have a plan? Yeah. I mean, and does it go that way? Sometimes it goes that way. Um, I think the biggest thing is being willing to sacrifice. And we talked about this a little bit is that like early on in my career, my wife was on board with this idea of just becoming a professional photographer in general and commercial photography and commercial photography is it's super cutthroat and there's a lot of people going after it. And at the tier that I'm going at, it's, there's a few guys that like break through and it's, it's a lot of competition. So it's really interesting. You have to be willing to say like, Hey, we're going to go after it no matter what. And we're just going to make the sacrifices it takes to keep going. Um, and that's a consistent dialogue that I have with my wife. I told you, you know, to this day, it's like, oh, is this where God is calling you to be? And is this what you're supposed to be doing? Then yes, we'll do whatever it takes to mm-hmm. keep going and support you. Um, so that's a huge part of it for me is just having that support from my wife. But I think my goal has always been pretty set of moving into a high tier of commercial photography where there's tens of thousands of dollars on the line. Um, and that really pushed the way that I managed clients early on with this idea of like saying no to jobs sometimes even when it hurts so that we're putting forth the correct, uh, let's call it uh, facades, the wrong word, but that you're putting out the right look to everyone around you. That's like, no, I don't, I'm sorry. I can't take a job like that. Cause that doesn't make sense. It's not, it's, it doesn't make sense for my team and for the people that I have Shoot around frogs me. or something. Yeah, All of a sudden, like, like it doesn't go anything to do with what I do. In mm. like weddings or whatever. Right, right, and, right. and when you first go right. out there and you're making <laughs> no money and you just quit your job and you have a new baby, which is, I'm speaking from where I was, is like, well, saying no to jobs like that is really, really tough. But it also opened up the avenues for me to start doing these projects, like I was telling you, to build a portfolio that then in turn started to get the clients that I wanted to have. But I think that that's an important push and pull is if you say no to something and you don't go do a job for $500 or whatever it is, then you turn around and you say, but I'm going to go shoot this project and I'm going to put this out there instead. And I'm going to pour myself into the, the work that's going to get the work that I want to. I mean, and like I told you earlier, like these aren't new concepts, this idea of you're going to get hired to do the work that you put out in the world, you know? And for me, I took that super seriously. I was like, well, do I want to do this kind of work? No, I do not want to do this kind of work. So then I will not, if I did it, I wouldn't show anybody. I wouldn't right. tell anybody I would there. That work wouldn't be there at all. Um, and then after I would say no, I'd go out and I'd do something that I knew I wanted to do and I'd find someone new. And then it started working where Olympic athletes were coming and I was meeting more Olympic athletes and we're working with some of the best athletes in the world doing these crazy projects. And it's just been, I mean, it's been incredible. And so to see that, that move and really it's just that like willingness to hang on when it's really hard and say, we have to say no to this but I have to put something else out there instead. Yeah, you, you've probably heard about, uh, you may have a friend or somebody in the industry that like I have, who where he'll take the weddings because that's where he has got to take it, he's got to take it and take it. Now he's known as a wedding guy. Like that's what he's known for. He doesn't like it. He doesn't have it, but he's been, you know, he doesn't do anything else because he's just doing weddings, weddings, weddings. And so you're right. You always got to be doing something after what you're going. And that's chasing the agenda above and beyond, I think, um, from sometimes the corporate work. If you've got to take a job, um, I've had to do the same. Um, they pay, they do well. And, uh, you know, I've done like, um, like doctor conferences, not the most exciting, but they pay well. And, um, but, but with that, I'm still doing the extracurricular passion projects like what you're doing. And I think that's, um, or, and it's even funding your passion projects. I mean, like Correct. for me, I know a lot of the money that comes in from, so I like, I still have retouching clients, big, big retouching clients. And, uh, I have a re- another retoucher that works for me. And it's like, a, it's like another business that I have as a handle, but, um, that money, more than 50% of that money goes back into projects that I'm working on and the production of it. So, I mean, yeah, we get a lot of people who want to work with us and work with us for free, but you know, it costs a lot of money to do the mm-hmm. size of productions that we're doing. And so it's huge that you make that commitment and you say like, I'm not going to, once I have the vision, 
I'm not going to make it smaller than that. We are going to this and this is what we're going to do. And we'll do whatever it takes to actually make that vision come alive and then be able to show that to clients or potential clients is, I mean, that's what has changed my career. Yeah. You have a moment of tears. There's always a moment of tears in your career, right? And the ability of when you're ready, you're only ready for that next tier based on how well you've been getting to that next tier. And there's only an opportunity that comes upon your plate, meaning Pepsi might come to you. But when Pepsi does come to you, are you really ready for when Pepsi comes to you? And so because um, guys are not at that tier, they're not ready for Pepsi yet. How do you ever get ready for the Pepsi yet? How do you get ready for that, that next tier? And um, talk to me a little bit about maybe your stages on what that's been like for you. Because it does say a lot about your work ethic. It says a lot about your personality. It says a lot about your support, people behind you, and your, your passion for something. And I think what I've had a lot of, I've seen a lot of guys that come up to me a lot, they ask, is I don't see the passion in them in the first place. And that's one of the hardest things to get to see in people. Um, but for me, it's, it's, I'm always pushing because I never know when that next opportunity may happen and I want to be ready yeah. for that opportunity. What's that been like for you in your stages? Yeah. I mean, so when I first started and this is, I'll never forget. This is when I was in school. Even the, my first semester in school, I had two different internships with two big name photographers in San Francisco. And, uh, the first one was pretty horrible. Like to be totally honest, the guy was a jerk and it just wasn't very fun. But the second guy is a guy that I'm still friends with to this day. Mm -hmm. And, one is the feeling of being on a big set. That feeling doesn't ever really go away. Like once you've been on a big set once, it's pretty hard to like back down from that. You know, once you've been inside a huge studio with four different photographers and lights everywhere and a digitech and all this kind of crazy stuff going on, it's amazing and it's kind of addictive. Um, the second thing was when I went into school and I, I don't even know what the conversation was, but someone was like, I was like, oh, I just I came from the internship I was out doing. They're like, well, you're not allowed to get an internship until you're a senior. I was like, I, I have <laughs> two, like whatever, yeah, like right, it's right. A, who, who even cares? I was like, newsflash, man, most people will let you work for free if you go in and you ask and you put in the work and you put in the time, like you just got to get out there and do it. Um, and so that was for me just like the beginning of the journey and seeing how many people were like, well, you got to wait for permission before you go and do this thing. And it's like, mm, I don't think so. Like, I'm pretty sure you can get permission if you just go ask the person who actually right. had, wants to hire you. Right. Um, and some of those are paid positions and some of them weren't. And I think what you were referring to, and I really agree with is this idea of the passion is a lot of people say like, I want to be a commercial photographer. I want to be this big director. I want to do this thing. But they haven't really assessed the sacrifice and the time that it's going to take. And then when it comes down to brass tacks, it's like, are you really willing to do this? Because it's, it, it'll break you if you're not ready to do it. I mean, and it's long hours and it's long days and it's all these different things. And for me, like, but yeah. that's what it takes. And for me to be a good dad and to, to be a good freelancer and do those things. So for me, it really is this idea of like, are you willing to do what it takes and if you're not, then you need to know your limitations and to say like, hey, I'm not willing to do that. Then what does that look like for your career? And what does that look like for your job? Because a lot of people who say they want to freelance, I don't know, man, it doesn't feel like they really do when you really get down to like what it takes to do it. I think it was Will Smith who put out a video a while back who said like 99% of people say, I want to be famous. I want to do what you do. And it's like, and then you say, here's the things that you have to do. And maybe 1% of those people are like, all right, I'm going to do that stuff. I'm going to go out. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be rolling you know so it's just an interesting it's an interesting career and you don't meet very many people who if they get it they get it but a lot of people are like no man i'm gonna be a, a commercial photographer and you're like all right dude do this this and this and mm -hmm. you come back a year later and you're like what have you done I'm like ah yeah nothing really it's like well okay and and some of those things that you've uh, sacrificed and the things you put up um the family has been a big part of that you have a great supporter you have your wife who's really support talk talk about when times have been tough and what that's been like in the support in the house and talk to me about that's been like because i know i've had many many challenges throughout my career uh second guessing wondering about what's gonna whether you got to keep going and do i keep do i spend that extra investment in this class in this course do i buy this extra investment gear where there's just those debates and sometimes most guys that i know won't take that plunge and i have and um it's worked in my it's worked in my favor because i've i've not just plunged on buying that that red camera but 
I did everything along the lines of what it also takes with the networking with that, setting the jobs up and getting booked along with that red. It wasn't just the camera itself that got me work. So it's taking that plunge. What, what for you has been like that for you taking that, that next plunge? Yeah. I mean, my wife has been instrumental. I, you can't, I, I can't put a value on that by any means. Um, with her, I think what I was telling you is she, in a way, I think she has more vision for my life than I do sometimes where I'm like, <laughs> whoa, okay, this is, I need Typical it. artist, I, I need it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and her, her big thing is like, is this what God is calling you to do? And if it is, then I don't have any question about your decision. And if you feel like this is what you're supposed to do, then I will support you 100%. Um, but to me, like, that's a, that's a tough question, right, as a husband and as a dad to wrestle with. Like, is this where you're supposed to be? And if you believe that, then why are we having this conversation at all? And like that, like it's emotional for me, you know, for, to hear her say, I'm like, oh man, okay. Right. Okay. Is this, do I believe in this a hundred percent? Is that this is where I'm supposed to be, that this is my calling for my life. And, and it like, comes with responsibility too. Uh, we teach this also with uh, that, that whenever you have a, you say this is your calling, a calling isn't just because it's a big gift and you just, that you, that's going to happen for you. A calling comes with a lot of responsibility about what you're doing to follow up with yeah. that calling, yeah. to, to, to study like the calling, to work hard like the calling, to stay yeah. up late and make. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, and so I mean that pings on a lot of different things that could take me on a ton of different rabbit rabbit trails. But I think that support and that question has always been a cornerstone of my career with my wife and um, two. Just her, her. She's a calm person. I mean, like a quick like example of that is with our first kiddo uh she had an emergency c-section and like trinity's heart rate was going down and so it was they had to go get her out right away and the doctor came out and was like hey i just want to double check with you is your wife like usually extremely calm and i was like yeah like all the time and she's like okay because she just seems like she's almost in shock but we weren't really (laughs) sure like what her personality Mm -hmm. is and so that's my wife in a nutshell um and just like super calm and loving and wise like wise is definitely a word that i would use for her that i wouldn't necessarily use for myself um but that having that kind of backbone and the other thing that we talked about too being willing to sacrifice basically everything in pursuit of this and so the amount of times that we've had to say and this is something like you don't love to talk about but the amount of times we've had to look at selling our house is in the first two years was maybe every other month and it's like dude i don't know i don't know if i can make the payment i don't know if we're going to be able to keep this house and so for her she's like yeah if that's what we had to do and it goes back to that whole question it was like is this what you feel called to do okay then yeah we'll sell the house if we need to and then we'll move into a two-bedroom apartment and we'll make it work and then if we can recover from there then we will and that's where we've invested our money is uh in our home but also like staying out of credit card debt and owning our cars and all these different things so if it does come down to it it's not like this big thing where all of a sudden we're being collected on it's it's like okay we sold our house now we have enough money to live for another two years and literally in her mind and mine we sell the house and then that fuels the career for another year and we keep moving forward it's not like a i'm giving up and i'm done it's like no this isn't the end we had to sell our house to keep moving forward on the thing that we feel called to do and it's that kind of like commitment and passion to the craft that I don't even know where it comes from. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard it's, to explain. It's in me. And I'm just like, right. I'm just going to keep going no matter what. Yeah. Um, but I think that defines the responsibility that you have done. You have stayed out of credit card debt. You've done all the responsibilities. If you needed to take the responsibility of selling the house to eat and survive with the kids and do, you took the responsibility of a calling that will happen much bigger when time does come. And so I think that says a lot about your calling and and um, I think some people don't quite understand that calling and responsibility together you know some people that goes like what you're with responsibility too I think it's huge like when you're talking about when you guys are working with the youth or um, for me like we just did a program with a bunch of the saw that youth the YCA Mm -hmm. I think is what they call it Um, but doing things like that I think is also a huge part you know whether it's doing covers for our church or you know whatever it's like that's important that we're in our community we did a big project with the springs rescue mission the homeless community and 
Um, those types of things, I think, I, I and I've done videos about them. Like I think it's mandatory. It's we have a responsibility to speak for those who can't speak, and because of the way that we're able to communicate with video or with photography, I think it's huge. So that has been a huge part of my career as well. And I mean, sometimes those projects turn into jobs. I mean, the Springs Rescue Mission stuff definitely turned into commercial jobs mm -hmm. because of the impact that it has on people's lives. And um, that's not why we do it, but it's certainly cool to see that speak to people in that way and cause an awareness that maybe wouldn't be there otherwise. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about dynamics of the team. Uh, team building and team leading you lead a team you run with when you you are the leader whenever you are on sets and uh, you have a great team that follow you and, and uh, how, how have you been able to develop that when you are working with your team um, being that I've uh, you got to have the agenda of not only your goal of Aaron Anderson's photography but also the agenda of your people that are with you what has that been like for you and your success has been for you um, from one leader to another. Yeah. Tell me how that success has been for you. What have you learned along the way of, of being a great leader? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, like, you know, without people behind you, you're pretty much nothing, you know. Um, and I've had a few people over the years who have stuck with me. And some have come and some have gone. But I think, like, even right now, I have two new people who have just kind of jumped on board. And it's been really cool to see. And I think that one as a good leader you need to look for the things and the potential and the people that are under you to make sure you're helping them to rise and become the best person that they can become um, like one of the guys with me right now wants to do adventure photography so we're working on his stuff and and seeing what we can do to help him grow um, the other is a food blogger so we're working on what she does and and how you light food and all these different kinds of things um, or even just being involved like with my friends who are there or shoot BTS for me or whatever, making sure that we can kind of not return the favor because I don't really work that way, but like that we can be a community of people who comes behind each other and supports each other if we're doing something like this. Um, but I think making sure that those people, A, feel taken care of and B, they feel loved on set and appreciated on set because it's huge. Sometimes they volunteer and most of the time I try to pay them, but it's like, there's been so many shoots where we don't have the money, you know, and we've still got a crew of 10, 15 people hiking up and down a mountain. And I don't know, uh, I was going to say one of the shoots that we did was mountain biking. I think we had, yeah, I have, we have some of those on there too. I yeah. Think we had like 10 people hiking down a mountain with an incredible amount of gear and none of us really got paid. And it was just kind of one of those things where it was like, yeah, I want to do this. There. Yeah. I want to do this. You guys want to do this with me. And mm -hmm. there's like, yes, we're going to do it. And the call time's 3 AM and mm -hmm. you know, we're all sleepy and right, carrying right, right. super heavy backpacks. So I think that one thing that I do tell people a lot is as a creative, if you come up with a great idea, you will be shocked at how many people want to be involved. If you just ask, if you just say like, man, I've got this idea. I really want to do it. Would you guys be willing to do it with me? Um, and I think the other thing, too, is to be open to teaching and not, like, harsh and stressed out about things. Like, we're going to go, and we're going to have a good time, and we're going to do this, and I'm going to I'm gonna guide you through what I need to guide you through to get you there. And it's not this thing of, like, I can't believe you don't know how to do this. It's like, no, dude, this is how we do it. Let me come help you. Let me come alongside you. And, like, I'm not above yeah. putting up a stand and putting up some weights and, like, doing whatever. Like, we all got to get in and do the work. And just so you know, that's what this show started out as being. It was an opportunity of saying we can create uh, an opportunity to teach a lot of the guys that are coming in, guys that want to be on the team. We can do – we have no pressure. There's no corporate gig. There's no paycheck. There's no yeah. – it is literally us on our own time. And we get to do our own thing and train. And then what do we get out of it? We get a beautiful show in the end with well-done production. So that was, a, a, again, that idea of doing that. And I think that's great when you bring in new, new people like that. Yeah. And like I said, we just recently brought in two new people. My, oddly, like my, in the very beginning, my brother-in-law who has since had two kids was like the dude that backed me up. And like, we, our goal was to get paid in like food, which is like, if, if the client quote unquote <laughs> would like buy us lunch and we could get whatever we wanted and like, didn't have to share or anything. It'd be like, I could get the, dude, the large. A, that was a good shoot. Right, we yeah, that's how it was good. when I was in the hip hop industry. Yeah, like, dude. We could do it for food. That's good. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We'd be hungry. And, uh, uh -huh. So, yeah. And now it's kind of, I always make sure, like, I think that's a big thing for me is I always make sure people are fed, that we get some good food in there and we have coffee and we do coffee runs and we do all those things. Like, to me, that stuff is so, so, so important. And if you don't learn that right out of the gate, that hungry people are grumpy people. 
that if you don't take anything away from the show but this like <laughs> that's a big deal and then we we get good coffee from local places and it's like this is to me when you're hanging with your family and you're drinking good coffee and making pictures like yeah well i think you that that says a lot to do about you valuing people um when you're thinking as simple as food mm-hmm. i mean as simple as food yeah, these guys can tell you that whenever they do a favor they volunteer i take them to lunch it is one of the things that we believe in because to me that that is a big part of taking care of you as a thank you is part of the biggest thing so it does value a thing in just people feeling taken care of and i think i did learn that a long time ago i've learned it because somebody did that to me yeah absolutely and uh, i was blown away on how i felt and how it, it made me it made me go work for them for free yeah uh, i did that for catalyst for years and uh, they're a christian organization that do these main conferences and i was coming just for free food but they would treat me very very well i would go work for them for free and that just that said something like that's what i want one day to be able to have a team where that's what they feel when they come out and that's what that was the goal so that's that's huge um another thing i want to talk about really was um where do you find your boundaries where do you find your limits i know people ask me like dude how did you feel that you could do that premiere and do a premiere over a two-minute commercial and you did this big old event what made you even do that how did you make people show up like what made when you think you have boundaries, but you still go after it, and then it becomes a success. Now, I know in my world, I've had fails and fails and fails, and I'm just okay with failing more often than most people. But talk to me about what you do when you have a boundary or something you've never done before. Do you still have those? Do you still have a fear? Do you have a, what is that like for you when you, when you come across these boundaries? Because it looks like the stuff that you're doing, um, you make it look easy. You make it look like it's it's you can do it like that, and anyone can just pick up, start learning what you're doing for a couple of years yeah. and get to where you're at. But what does that look like for you for, for your when it comes to boundaries? Um, well, for starters, that's good that it looks that way because uh, <laughs> it doesn't always feel that way. That's for sure. Uh, I think for me, I'm a huge advocate for this idea of not having what ifs, but having remember whens. And the way that I say it is so many people I meet and it drives me insane. Like when someone says like, dude, what if we fill in the blank? Right. I'm just like, why, why didn't you, why, why are we not like what, what's, what's stopping us from actually doing that? And so when I catch myself saying things like, dude, what if we like drove down in the back of a car and like put lights up and I'm, you know, what if we did that? Yeah. Then I'll be like, oh crap, we got to do it now. Yeah. Um, and that's been huge for me to say, like, it's not, uh, it's not what if, like, we're, we're going to do this now. Yeah. Like, you and I, you and there. I would have a great time together because <laughs> it is no loan limits with those 10 things. Like we no. both look at it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's you do know? it. You yeah. might as well try. And I mean, yeah, maybe you'll fail. Like we had a recent failure and it was just like, man, this did not go like we planned. we still got the shots we needed, but it was just like every, we had like a team of 10 people hiking up a mountain in the middle of the night. People got hurt. Like people, it was crazy. And we still walked away with the shots, but it was like, <laughs> but we got the shots. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was crazy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it did not end up the way that I pictured it at all. Um, but we got what we needed from the shoot, you know, and that was, that was kind of that, but it was just like one of those things where, dang this was big we just missed like I, I'm not sure what we could have done differently really in hindsight there's not a whole lot we could have done differently besides like maybe by smoke grenades is the thing that I went through but um which smoke grenades are just the best you do a lot of that I, love, I see I see them and everything you I do a lot of what you do yep. and, I see a lot of what um, you do <laughs> you got it a lot of your, your shots <laughs> yes dude it's the best yeah at least anytime you can burn stuff or smoke <laughs> stuff or whatever mm-hmm um, but I think that's the big thing for me, man, is just like, it's not about imagine if it's about remember when, and I want that to be my career. Like, dude, do you remember when we got up at three in the morning and hiked down a mountain with 10 people and set off smoke grenades and like lost our drone and it crashed into a tree? And uh, yeah, yes, I totally do remember that. And then all those photos were awesome and it was super fun. And it's like the memories behind those photos are almost more valuable than the actual photos themselves. Um, and I think too, that goes back to the whole thing with the team and having people around you who are like, yeah, let's do it, mm-hmm. man. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you talk about going down a hill at 40 miles an hour or hanging out of a car and I'm like, dude, you drive like you, I know you've like, as of my brother-in-law was driving and he loves racing and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, dude, just go, go. like, yeah. we're going to hang out the back. I'm going to hook my feet around here. And we we brought harnesses, but we didn't hook in. So it was just crazy town, but it was 
dude, it was super fun. And I'll never forget stuff like that. I mean, that was, it's amazing. And then when you walk away and you have these shots and like, that's cool. But yeah. I mean, the experience of it itself was. I, I agree. Oof, um, it was some, crazy. some of the things that I can say that have gone through the journey through my career uh, is because we did what if, what if we, what if we just do, what if we just do this premiere? I, what for my what happened was I was doing a lot of uh, film festivals where I was actually going to film festivals and trying to compete with all these other things and I couldn't stand how they did their production I couldn't stand the actual presentation of it I didn't like the speakers I didn't like how they went about it and I just thought I could do a better job of my own event mm-hmm. and and I don't have to show anyone else's stuff it just yeah. be ours <laughs> yeah, so fine. we could just do our own so yeah. that was the idea that spun off going why don't we just do our own and so it was I had a bunch of people telling me you're crazy. Like you're just going to do all, no one's going to show for just to watch a little thing like that, a music video. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, trust me, we'll do it up. And yeah. we tried it. And some of the best successes is because we said, what if, yeah. um, and, uh, I, I, I just had more and more of those. Yes. You have some fails. Um, but I think it's, it is, you do have, uh, somebody might one of the pastors that says something like, um, it's the experiences you have along the way that make it why you, you, you keep going. Yeah. It's the experience, the drive, the, yeah. the, the adrenaline, um, those are the things that you can't explain that I can't tell you why I've, I'll go those extra miles or try those extra things. Um, and you had a trouble talking about early. You don't have really a, a, a lock in way of saying it because you just experienced and you, we want, I want every one of you guys to be able to experience this feeling because this is what takes you to that next, that next step up. Um, and then, um, real quick, just kind of maybe give i I'd love to just hear your take on it. Just, on talk about a little bit about our our relationship on because I, I talk a lot about this on just relationship building and intentional relation. What is it got you? I mean, you're here in the seat, you're in LA, you're doing some other things, but you took the time to be here with us today. What it is it over this time that you have um, intrigued? You are a professional at what you do. You tend to be around a lot of professional people, but what is it that maybe you've seen about the Brink team and just the Brink production, the things you've seen about what we do um, that has been intriguing for you? I'm just curious to see your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it comes down to even stuff like this where you're doing, you're doing it right. You know, you're doing professional, you're doing a podcast, but you're in here and you've got all these lights and you've got the mics and you've got the whole thing. You know, it's really easy. I've done podcasts before where it's like you call in and, hey, if you have a cool mic, that's great. But if not, whatever, you know. And I think that that goes back to that whole idea of like, well, we're not just going to do it little. We're going to, we're going to do it the right way and we're going to do it the best that we can. And I mean, everything I've seen from you has been that way. And I think that, we see that in each other, right? I think that's something that people recognize when they're going through the battles that you go through. It's like, I, I recognize, like I see you, you know, I see what you're doing. And it, it, once you're in the industry and you see someone doing something, you're like, all right, I understand what it takes to and do that. I know? actually think you actually would text that. You just say, I see you. Yeah. Like, that's all you would say. Yeah. And I got it. I got what you were meaning by that. Yeah. And, uh, and I would say the same thing. Like, oh, I see what you're doing over there. Yeah. Like, just those kind of things. Totally. And that's important for our industry, I think, right? Because it's uh, it's lonely. Like it, it's it's lonelier than people think it is. Especially, I know in photography, it's like a lot of times you're just like head down and you're going forward. And it, there are it's like it's dark. It gets dark, you know, when you're by yourself and you're retouching something or you're editing something, and you're you're just like, man, am I doing a good job? It's, is this good enough? Is this whatever? And then it kind of like gets hit social media or it hits wherever or it hits your premiere. And it's like, oh, man, I hope this is good because <laughs> everything in my mind and my heart says this is great. But then sometimes you put something out there and it's just like, man, no one likes it or whatever. And the way that I have talked about it in the past and I feel like this is a really great assembly is like it's like walking around naked all the time and being like then just walking up to people randomly and be like, so what do you think? pretty is it pretty good or and then just like walking off and it's like hey it's embarrassing right and then if if someone's like yeah i'm not really into it and it's like oh gosh okay well i'm just gonna i'll leave now it's like whatever it is and it's hard because you literally are just when you care about the work that you put out there then you show it to everybody it's like this is this is me then my work and social media can be a brutal place for that. I mean, you know that whether it's YouTube or, I mean, I feel like YouTube's worse for some reason, but, um, so yeah, when I see guys like you who are just there, you're putting it out there, you're going out there, you're going after it and you, you're willing to take the risk and you're willing to keep going through 
at all. Like, I think that's huge. And it's, it's more rare, I think, than we sometimes realize because uh, the one thing that my wife says is she's like, because she, I struggle with empathy sometimes where it's like someone saying, I, I, I really want to do this. And I'm just like, okay, well, just go do it. Like, I don't understand what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And she'll just be like, hey, not everybody thinks like you do, so you should be a little nicer. And yeah. it's like, okay, crap. I will. I mean, yes, I support you in your, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. That might have been a big deal for them to say what they said <laughs> exactly, to you. Exactly. And what you seems like, like another guy telling me the same old thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like, got you. Oh, man. Yeah. And so, yeah, I have to kind of get brought back to a real level sometimes mm-hmm. where I have to realize that not everybody functions this way and so when you see it in another person it's always like oh thank god i'm like not totally crazy you know that i'm doing this um so i think that in and of itself is like that mutual kind of respect that mutual feeling that comes from it yeah that's that's exactly it and when talent sees talent and when you're at kind of at that same level you guys think the same um you don't even have to say much and we didn't have to throughout the first beginning of our first year and um, just what a, that relationship just grew because we kind of think the same and that's been something you, and you're right. It is smaller than it and lonelier than you think for the people at that next level, at that next level, that next level. Um, let's do, we, let's kind of wrap this things up. I, I, we do a thing where we did basically go to I, IG okay. and people kind of bring in some questions and people knew that you were coming in today. So, oh, um, they just that. had a couple of questions that I just had for you. Yeah. Um, this is actually with our own, uh, Nicole Schaefer who has brought out a couple of questions, but one of them is what would you say is some of your, um, maybe you, some of your keys to effective leading, like to, to leading effectively, what would you say is some of uh, the key things for you to do? Hmm. I would say be humble and be gracious is the big things. And then to like keep people fed, keep people be fed. humble, be gracious, feed people, feed people. Dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if you can keep those things in mind, because it's easy to kind of lose sight of that. And this is what we try to teach our kids is the people are always going to be more important than what you're doing. A picture is not as important as a person. And if you can keep that in mind when you're on a set, that everyone on your set has value and that those people are way more important than a picture will ever be. That is so, so important just for life in general, you know, and that's something I want my kids to know. And, uh, that's even like, it's hard, right? Cause we're on like social media and all this stuff all the time. It's like, I want my kids to know that they are the, they are the most important thing. And we tell our kids all the time, what's more important that toy or your sister. It's like your sister is always more important than that. And I think it's the same thing on set. It's like, well, what's more important? The fact that, you feel loved and taken care of or this photo it's like it's you it's always going to be you i mean granted there are limits to <laughs> your your boundaries there but i think that that's really really important to think about that's great um she goes on to ask what was your worst or hardest experience learning curve and what did you do to learn from that um, to be honest with you with probably the financial side of things where the one thing i feel like you can't really learn without kind of failing and having multiple conversations is like the estimate slash finance process. So it's really easy to lose a ton of money on a shoot or just leave a ton of money on the table because you just don't know that you're supposed to charge for your camera equipment, that you're supposed to charge for, you know, all your assistance, your backgrounds, your tape, like everything that goes into it. Um, And I think it's that in and of itself when you walk away from a shoot realizing like oh man i was supposed to make like eight grand and i made like four Mm -hmm. because i just missed a ton of things um so i think that's always a learning process it's a it's kind of a process of educating your clients but that's the one thing that i've found it just kind of comes from like the failure slash client experience as opposed to a lot of things where you can say like oh man i really want to know how to light like that and then you go out and learn it or you go in the studio for five hours and you just learn how to do it. Uh, you can't really do that with money. It's like you can only just lose a bunch of money and then realize, Oh man, I shouldn't have lost a bunch of money. So I've had, I've been really blessed to have people around me who I can bounce stuff off of. Um, but even then, and like I've hired consultants on bigger jobs just to make sure that I'm not really missing blowing it. Right. Uh, and then I take those experiences and I move them forward into my next estimate or my next job. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's the big thing. I mean, finances, I think they don't talk about it. And when you're dealing with shoot, that's tens of thousands of dollars. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't, I hope I didn't miss anything because if I miss 10 grand, it's like, whoa, 
that's mm-hmm. all of my profit margin or whatever for yeah. this shoot. So I'd say that's the biggest and hardest thing that I continue to learn. And it's always kind of this dance with the client where it's like, can we get a budget? Can we talk about budget? Can we, where, where, where are my boundaries with you and how does this work? Um, one of my biggest, yeah. um, I think learning curves for, for me and my experience was to learning the concept of go out to follow, be on sets with people for free on a regular basis. And for me, I didn't catch that on until much later. I do it now as much as I can. Even as much experience as we have, I still want to be on sets with whoever's doing production just because I want to see what they're doing bad or what they're doing great. And every single time I learn something very, <laughs> very, very something I never even thought about every single time. And I wish I would have picked up on that much earlier. And that was a learning curve for me to realize I'll never stop doing that. Yeah. Even if I'm not going to just, I'll be a fly on the wall still today yeah, come home. Uh, to learn that. And uh, that was a big learning curve for me. And so I try to encourage guys like come out, like j- you need to understand, like don't be worried about getting paid right away. That doesn't work that way. No. You got to prove yeah. to me that you can actually be sufficient on your own. Think on your own. Think like I do to where you earn yeah. what you're doing. And so that was a learning curve for me was not realizing that I felt that I own the gear. I had some lights. I should be paid. Yeah. And I had to I had to pick that up a little longer on that on my learning curve. So that was for me. Well, my brother, Aaron, this has been great. Um, I want all you guys to just think about what is your agenda. Uh, if you're working in a career job and you're working at a job that's not going to be your longevity, think about what you want to be doing. And I cannot stress from one artist to another, um, you are missing something uh, that is very special and you're going to come out of the matrix once you find it. And um, that's something we encourage for all of you to be going after your agenda. So Tommy Nixon always said that a true leader doesn't just lead for his own agenda, but he leads for the agenda of those that follow. And for me, that has always been something that I want to keep in stuck in my head. And when that hit me, it blew my mind. And so I know you do that because you have a great team of people that follow. That's because you're handling their agenda as well. And we hope that uh, we're helping you with your agenda. So we want to thank you for today's podcast. We have so many other things in store. We want you to check out BrinkBaby.com for all of our items that we have. We have shirts, sweaters, hoodies. And for today's episode, we have special socks of the Brink socks given to Aaron Anderson. Yes. So those are for you, my friend. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take those home to uh, Colorado Springs back home. Yes. And hopefully your <laughs> wife don't snag them from yeah, you. Yeah, right. But um, we want to thank you guys for listening for today's podcast. And uh, we will see you next time on Stay Focus. Yeah, 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 yeah